Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfted, sitting down with Keith Myers. We're continuing our look at the roster. We're moving up to uh, the other side of the ball now, the offense. And uh, first up, running backs and tight ends. Welcome in. Yeah, so um, Brian, running backs and tight ends. Um, should we just start with Chris Carson because of the news? Um that he is it looks like he is about to be on his way out um now that we're past the june 1st date um and so they can stretch the cap hit out over two years instead of taking it all right now um have you heard something that i haven't heard i mean specifically about him being jettisoned or is this just the likely plan to take advantage of this cap situation i mean yeah the 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 savings after june 1st is 4.6 million dollars of his six point one million dollar total, uh, with mm-hmm. a dead cap of one point five. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world now that you've drafted uh, Ken Walker. We'll talk about Ken in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but this is the time, right? And it hasn't happened it yet. Um, you're right, and it hasn't happened yet. But uh, different analysts are saying it's likely to happen very soon, and usually that doesn't start happening until that there's whispers that it's, you know, um, that it's going to happen because if the team was going to sit on this and wait to see if he was ready for camp or whatnot, nobody would be talking about it, but people are talking about it. So, um, likely if they need the cap room, this will happen. Um, and so it'll come down to if they decide to, to um, re-up DK Metcalf and and in doing so need some additional cap room, then Chris Carson will be gone. And if they don't need the cap room, they'll sit on it and wait until either they do um, or until they have a better idea of what's going to happen with him in the upcoming season. Right now, uh, Over the Cap estimates the um, team cap space at $13.89 million, which is a pretty decent chunk of change. I would imagine that ranks in the top 10 of all teams in the NFL right now. And then Mm -hmm. an additional 4.6. I guess if you you needed to or wanted to, you could do that and kind of um, not have to push out so much of the salary for DK Metcalf. If you were to give him an extension, you could go ahead and, and... kind of prorate that bonus and start that process this year as opposed to pushing it out until next year. What are your thoughts on that? DK um, and, and speaking of DK Medcap, we might as well just talk about that for a half a second too. Uh, he's not in training camp today. He's not reported to the mandatories. So don't know exactly where the team is positioned on this. It's not completely unexpected in these sorts of situations where he's in the midst of contract talks um, on an extension he had been at the OTAs in the building around the facility, and now he's uh, apparently working out in California and not at the mandatories. So mm-hmm. maybe we can talk about all of it, how it fits together. Well, I mean, um, this is the side effect of you know not getting a deal done sooner. Um, but they, both sides, have said that a deal is 
going to happen. So I'm expecting it to happen. But in, until it does, DK is not going to come to practice. Um, and he shouldn't, honestly, because why go and then take the risk of getting hurt? And then then what happens, right? If he comes to and works out and blows out a knee, then he doesn't get paid um, this year. And so for him to sit out, it's, it's kind of the right thing for him to do. Um, and the team needs him. They need him badly. And um, so they'll get the steal done and make sure that it happens. And I don't really have a problem with any of it. Do you, um, do you think he's going to be closer to 20 million a year or 25? 20. And he that's where they're, and that's where they're hung up. I bet. Yeah. I mean, it's they're in the they're in the same ballpark. It's a matter of guarantees and how much of it's going to be guaranteed and how much of the that money is pushed out versus um, available up front uh, to him and all that kind of stuff. So um, they're working out details. I'm not that concerned about it. If we get into um, you know the week before training camp and we're still sitting here, then it's time to start you know worrying about it. But right now, just let it let the let the whole situation play out. Um, the big thing for me is that you know he is uh, as a second round pick, he's not making a lot, and when they sign him to a big deal, it's going to come with a big signing bonus, and and um, it's it's a four year deal. A quarter of that signing bonus is going to get tacked onto the cap this year, and in doing that they're going to eat up a bunch of that cap space. And at that time, that's when you're going to see a guy like Chris Carson um, disappear off the roster in order to make room in terms of salary. So let's say they don't need the room. Let's say Chris Carson stays on the roster for some reason. Maybe they, they're not <clears throat> completely set with Rashad Penny, how they're feeling on Rashad Penny as far as the ability for him to stay healthy. He already missed a little bit of the OTAs because of a little hamstring that it's kind of crept up uh, two or three years now um, for him. And um, so it, having Chris Carson around is just a little bit of an insurance policy that they can make sure that they are able to run the ball effectively this year. So I, yeah, I, we'll see. I, 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 mean, I think that I think him off. Yeah. And having him. Yeah. Right. Then the neck thing and then having this contract thing, not be a huge issue for the team to take on. Um, mm -hmm. If it is, then he's probably likely gone. If not, yeah. he might balance this room out a little bit with Ken Walker and Rashad Penny. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Um, I think it's extremely unlikely more than likely what they're doing is they're, they're holding on to him and this, cause they don't pay him anything until uh, after the first game. Right. And so they can hold on to um, hold on to him until uh, either they need the cap room or uh, if he gets to a point where he can pass a physical, then they can release him and not have to pay any of the injury guarantees that are built into his contract. Um, and so that might be, I mean, if you don't need the cap room, see if he can pass a physical at some point. Yeah, um, they've already paid pay out his prorated uh, bonus this year, $1,500. That was paid out earlier um, at yeah. the league start. And then he's... Um, his cap number is $6,100. We only have $1.5 million in dead cap space um, by releasing him post-June 1st. So mm -hmm. I agree with you. It's likely that he's probably not with us. Let's talk about the other two running backs at the top of the room, Ken Walker, uh, who we just drafted, and Rashad Penny, who's returning after kind of a career year. Finished 2021 with 119 carries, 749 yards, six touchdowns. 11 carries of 20 plus yards. He just kind of tore it up a little bit there in the last five games. Yeah, he was, um, I, everyone was expecting him to be cut 
at some point for, you know, in the middle of the season, we, you and I even talked about it. Like there was no need to keep him on the roster. Um, but the way that it worked out for the team is that they didn't need that roster spot. So they kept waiting. Um, and then he finally got healthy for the first time in his pro career. And he tore it up, as you said, uh, for, you know, five or six games there at the end of the year and just looked like the draft or the, the, running back they thought they drafted and that's the guy that they want that's the guy that they drafted a few years ago that's the guy who they um hope to have re-signed and so he's going to get a chance to come in this year and show that it is actually who he is but i gotta tell you this hamstring injury which has kept him out of otas is not a great sign for him because the hamstring has been a big part of why he hasn't played you know just in an interview today he said he's felt as best as he's ever felt so we'll see. Yeah. See how, see how that goes. Maybe the team's just, you know, taking it easy with him. They they know he doesn't need the work because he was with the team last year and all of that. They're just like, let's, we know he's fragile. Let's not risk it. Um, and so maybe that's what's going on. But I don't know. I, I would like him out there, even if he's a partial participant. I want him out there um, getting the work in and that kind of stuff so that I feel comfortable with him going into the season. I don't know that we're we're going to feel comfortable, Keith. It's just it going to be a game to game. Getting... Yeah, it's going to it, it is, and it's going to be a game by game situation. You know, if he can go seven, eight, ten games in a row where he's not completely nicked up and not playing or whatever, sitting or metered, where he's only getting eight to ten touches or whatever, um, then I'll believe it. Um, and until then, I'm just like I'm not counting yeah. on. Him. I'm just not. I just know it's, that Ken, Ken Walker wanna, was drafted for a reason. And. He was. Ken Walker was drafted in order to, to be the guy. He's He is the top running back on this team. He's the starter. He's the future at the position. And Chris Carson and Rashad Penny can um, both, you know, not like the fact that you and I are saying that, but it doesn't make it less true. Um, Chris Carson's likely not going to be on this roster um when the season begins and Rashad Penny is likely to be Ken Walker's backup. Um, if he's healthy, if he's not healthy, he probably won't make the roster either. Um, and so well, that's kind of the situation. That. I, that might be taking it just a little too far. The team can only save 400,000. They're on the hook for $5 million if he's cut. So I don't know that he's going to go anywhere. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's, but nonetheless, he might not suit up. He, he might play the same role he's played for the previous three and a half years, um, <laughs> which is no role, <laughs> which is no role. I mean, he's literally, you know, in, in however many career games, I think he's had 1500 yards and 200 carries and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not been, it's not been great, but man, am I excited about seeing him again? If he can go out there and perform like he did to finish the season, because I went back and watched a couple of those games, especially in person. I was watching, that can't uh, the Cardinals game and Keith I'm telling you he looked fantastic in that game. he did I mean just that explosiveness his ability to have that extra gear and run away from people is something the Seahawks haven't had I mean Lynch wasn't that guy Carson's not that guy um, both of them have been effective in their own way um, but it's they don't have that home run hitting speed um, that Penny has and so when he would get you know, to the second level and then just turn it on and run away from linebackers. Uh, it was fun. It was fun oh, to yeah. watch. 
Yeah. Well, they've got another one. Now they've got another one. Ken Walker the third has got, He's even faster than Penny. Yeah. Four three eight speed. He's twenty one years old. He's five nine, two hundred and eleven pounds, probably gonna beef up, you know, four or five pounds before the season comes. Um in two thousand twenty one, finished with two hundred and sixty three carries, sixteen hundred and thirty six yards, six point two per eighteen touchdowns, thirteen receptions, eighty nine yards, another uh, touchdown, Doak Walker award. Mm-hmm. Um Walter Camp Award for the best running back in the United States, you know, in college football. Um, he's got that twitchy, great burst vision, kind of scatter back kind of thing. He's not a, tr- a traditional kind of north-south guy all the time. He's more of a guy that's going to create in space. He's going to, he's not necessarily going to dance around because he's very decisive when he does one cut. And, you know, yeah, but he's also not he's also not a guy that is going to just be a scat back and dance around. Like true. Watch true, him true, run. True. He run he runs with power. He'll co- go through and, and initiates and, contact. And, yeah. So he he kind of is a little bit of everything as far as he can run with power. He runs with great speed. He's got good vision. Um he's the starter. And that's one of the things that you know we look at is will he pick up all the different cues on the zone blocking scheme and everything the team wants? Uh, maybe not right away, and that may be why they he doesn't start week one or week two. But at some point this season, this will become his uh, running game, and it'll be he'll be the guy, and everyone else will be you know only getting a chance to play when he comes out. But he will still be the guy. I would say the only thing that would hold him back would be his pass pro, his pass protection. Um, because you know he just lacks that ability right off the uh, right off the bat. I think they'll school him up, coach him on that, see how he does. Well, yeah, He's, but you're looking doesn't... at in the third down back situation, you're going to see a guy like DJ Dallas or Travis Homer um, as the third down back, um, or even like you know, Rashad Penny if he's healthy. So um, those are guys that are going to have that role that are going to need that are going to be pass blocking more often. With Walker, they just want him to run they want him to take the football and go with it and i think that uh his role in that as a first and second down back is i mean that's where we're going to see him will it take him some time to get used to the pass blocking and all of the requirements of that sure but that's not going to be what he's going to hold him back he's uh he's going to be out there at least on the first and second down one thing that pete carroll's going to really love about him he doesn't put the ball on the ground this guy's uh, a guy yeah. that had one foot, one fumble on those two, uh, 263 touches last year. Um, and he only had one the, the previous year too. So, um, DJ Dallas, Keith, he, he provided some value last year, I thought in the kicking game, he but did. he still seems like he's kind of the same running back slash receiver out of the backfield. I mean, he kind of improved on that as well with 21 receptions for 133 yards, but otherwise just kind of, Average maybe a carry a game or, or so, um, maybe a couple carries a game. Um, as a running back, career six, uh, 67 carries, 246 yards, four touchdowns. Um, and those averages carried over last year as well. Yeah, so you look at, at him. He, he showed some explosiveness um, as a kick returner. I think that's what the team likes about him, and I think that he is a better fit for this outside zone running game that they're moving to away from the inside zone game that they have run in the past. Uh, and so we may see more of him uh, this year. He's never looked like a guy that is decisive enough in his reads and cuts 
to be an every down back. Maybe he, he just needs more reps. And if he actually got more than, you know, he'd be better. But when the team looked at him as, okay, everyone else is hurt. Uh, it, you're the next guy up. He didn't do much. And that caused them to bring in, um, you know, Adrian Peterson last year and start him over a guy like DJ Dallas. So uh, I don't know what that means. Is, is Dallas just a third down back? Or does he ever offer any more um, to the team? The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Day Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I think he is who he is. I mean, uh, he hasn't been hurt or anything. The teams utilize him the way that they're going to utilize him. I, I just think that he's just not a great running back he's not explosive he doesn't have any special traits but as a kick returner he offered a, a lot of value actually 33 well, he, kick returns 764 yards 23.2 average with a long of 40 yards he was just extremely consistent in that role last year well and he he did look explosive in that role so why he did he did why this doesn't translate why doesn't yeah what the explosiveness that he has in, in the special teams why does that not translate to when he's got the ball in his hands um with the offense it should i mean an explosive athlete is an explosive athlete you saw rashad penny be plenty explosive in this offense with the same yeah. blocking etc so i don't know yeah, that's uh, that's what i mean like why why isn't that translating where, where is that not coming across i think that's just it's very frustrating we'll just go with that and it's been that way. Yeah. It's been that way. Well, then we can look at Travis Homer, um, who's the next guy. Who He's the guy that Dallas will be competing with for that third down back kind of situation. He's going into the, his last year of team control. Um, you know, he's a smaller guy, a 5'10", 202, um, and has shown consistently that he can't run between the tackles because he just has does not run with power. But he pass blocks pretty dang well. He can mm -hmm. catch the ball out of the backfield and is is pretty reliable, um, although unspectacular in everything uh, in, in that role. But he's it's, been reliable. And that's it's interesting. why he's stayed stuck around. It's interesting because uh, in, in uh, DJ Dallas's career, DJ Dallas has 67 career rushes carries travis homer has 64 so a comparable number um dj dallas has 246 total yards travis homer has 379 total yards with a three a 5.9 per average and a touchdown plus 36 receptions for 307 yards one could argue that travis homer is more effective in this offense than dj no, dallas I, you have to go back and look at the carries when dallas was getting those carries a lot of them were coming um you know, 
early in in series, you know, first and ten, where teams are looking at you know what what the Seahawks are doing, and 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 they know that Seattle wants to run, and they're bringing guys up. Um, a lot of Travis Homer's carries have come draw plays on third and fourteen. Or it's great that you went and picked up eight yards, but you, your team is still punting. Um, he's not running against the same fronts that DJ Dallas is because Dallas is getting a lot more opportunities, um, you know, in running situations. Whereas Homer's getting a lot of draws on third and long. Okay, so, so he's I a he's don't. a different type of runner, no doubt, and he's probably he's got some upside as far as an outside kind of guy, change of pace guy. But I think Dallas I've has never a lot really, more upside. I, I agree. I mean, you can just look at Travis Homer. Although, I will say this. You and I, for two years, the first two years Travis Homer was on the on the team. Last year was his third season. He was just unexplosive. He didn't look like he had any real traits that would separate him at all for you know to stay on the roster. Last year, I thought he did actually a better job in showing a little bit more explosion, uh, getting through um, some some different holes into the edge. Um, but nonetheless, I don't know. That's, that's why I'm thinking eventually Ken Walker could be a three down back because mm -hmm. he's just going to be that much better on third down receiving the ball out of the backfield. And in fact, um, offensive coordinator, um, oh my gosh, lost his name. Sorry. Um, basically alluded to that, that's, that, that, thought that he was going to be a, a great receiving uh, back out of the backfield, even though he hadn't done it too much in college. So um, we should Shane, probably, Shane this, Waldron, by the way, we should probably mention at this point, um, the guy that's been, a, that they, the Seahawks kept around all year last year, but never played. Um, he spent the year on the, on the practice squad and they were, he was one of the first ones that they re-upped on a, uh, a futures contract to keep him. And that would be Josh Johnson. Um, the 24 year old five, nine, two Oh nine has, is the guy with the best hands in the room. At least that, that was last year, um, was that he was thought of by the coaches as the, the best hands guy. Like he was better at catching, um, misthrown passes and things at his feet. And, and he looks like a wide receiver and his ability to get the ball. Um, and if you're looking for a third down back, you know, that's a trait that wouldn't, you know, no one, uh, no one would be sad to have out there as someone who can, you know, bail their quarterback out by going and getting a pass. And, you know, the team kept him around for a reason and we didn't get a chance to see him. So I don't want to, to say too much about, you know, as far as like, oh, he's the future or anything like that. But he very could, very well could be, um, you know, Travis Homer is in his last year of team control. Do they hold on to him when, if all, you know, if other guys are equal just so they can have to replace him next year um, just, or do they it, let him go? It you know, depends. That kind of thing. It really depends because Josh Johnson's an interesting guy. So he was um, his last real time on a football field where he actually ran the ball was 2019. Um, in 2020, he had a hamstring injury that kept him out all season. Didn't, didn't have any stats. 2021, he goes undrafted. Last year, he's on a practice squad. Now he's back. Um, in 2019, he had 1,258 yards uh, and 11 touchdowns on 201 carries. So he was a little productive, but at Louisiana Monroe. And he ran a four six one forty. So that's the, the little nugget there. That well, that four six one is faster than Chris Carson. Well, well, maybe now. I mean, Chris Carson no, came in at like five five seven, I believe. 
Uh, he was four six plus. Yeah, right around the same. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's in that same that same boat. So uh, I don't. But quite a bit smaller. Five nine two oh nine. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. Carson's 5'11", 222. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's there's a there's a difference there. I just think that um, when you have a guy with that kind of receiving ability and you know the team's keeping him around for a reason, mm-hmm. they like him, um, I, don't, I, I think we would be remiss to count him out and just be like, oh, because he, you know, um, yeah. was a practice squad guy. We're just going to ignore him. Yeah, there's another guy at the tail end of the roster as well that's kind of in that same boat, Darwin Thompson. Um, five eight, five eight, two hundred pounds, right out of Utah State, age twenty five now. He's an older prospect. He's three years floating around in the league. He was a sixth round pick in two thousand nineteen by the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They eventually he, he stuck with them for a couple of years, and they eventually let him go. Bounced to a practice squad, and then to the Seahawks last year. Signed him to do a futures contract. It's interesting. I mean, he's just a, a name, but he had a little bit of flash to him. Um, Kansas City signed him for a reason. Um, and drafted him, um, but he's a smaller guy, receiver out of the backfield type. Just keep your eye on that. And I noticed that too. The, the Seahawks have a type. They've got the Ken Walker type, the Rashad Penny, and the Chris Carson type, and then they have the Travis Homer, Josh Johnson, Darwin Thompson type. And um, it'll be interesting to see who makes it out of camp because you know Travis Homer. I, I think they'll Travis is going to be back. He's cheap. He knows the offense. He performed pretty decent in a role of like a third or fourth running back in the room. Um, but these guys could hang around on a practice squad if the team likes them. Yeah. I don't know about Homer just because like I said, last year team control, um, you know, does he offer the upside of a guy that you could depend on? If, if when people got hurt, the team didn't even like, and everyone, everybody was hurt last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just, they were desperate for carries. They yeah, didn't even bother the, giving him carries. Well, then. at 5'10, 202, no, you're not going to give that guy in between the tackle carries. He's just not going to be able to do it. Yeah. And know? so if you're not, if he's not going to be able to be out there as a guy that can, you can run your offense with, and DJ Dallas offers you the same thing as a third down back, back and at least some potential right. to um, run your offense with normally. You could get you by with one or two to. games with DJ Dallas, yes. Yeah, and Dallas also gives you the upside uh, as a kick returner that that Homer doesn't. So um, I, I, could just, I just, I, I'm not going to say I think that if, Homer is going to make if, it. I just if don't Chris know if Carson, that's true. If Chris Carson's on the roster, it's possible that a guy like Travis Homer's gone. If Chris Carson is off, I think Travis Homer makes the roster just because there's slim pickings there at the, at the bottom of that room. Yeah. I mean, Walker and Penny are both going to be on it. Um, mm-hmm. And then it comes down to how many are you keeping? If they're keeping four, um, one of them is going to probably be DJ Dallas. And then you're looking at, okay, do you want to uh, go with Travis Homer or do you want to let a guy like um, Johnson take that, that four spot? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, tight ends. We're deep into this uh, show. We haven't even talked about the tight ends. We had some big changes this year. Uh, changes. Everett, Everett moved on in free agency, and we had a big trade that impacted this room. Um, mm-hmm. But let's start with the guy that's been around the longest. Uh, Will Disley signed a brand-new three-year contract this offseason, entering free agency, $24 million, $8 million APY. Uh, the cap hit for this year is 4.59, not too bad. Next year's cap hit, however, goes up to 9.25. I think either the Seahawks or 
counting on the salary cap really increasing and making yeah. this an average. He's already like the 15th best paid tight end in the business with this Which contract. He doesn't, he doesn't have the 15th best, no. um, you know, per production. That's for sure. Right. But he, he does kind of have a cuttable contract in year three. He does. So we'll see. So I think the thing with D- Disley is, is there's a couple different parts of it. They overpaid him to keep him, but they did so because they know how good of a blocker is he is and how much he can help an offensive tackle. And they were going into this offseason where they didn't have the offensive tackles on the roster and knew they were likely going to be playing rookies. And so they wanted a guy that they could count on to help bring that rookie along. And so that was part of the reason for for overpaying him to keep him. And I think also if you look back to you know his first couple of years in Seattle before, I mean, he he missed most of both of those years with injury. But before he got hurt in both of them, he looked like he was going to be a threat in the passing game. He looked pretty good. Um, he hasn't looked that like that the, the, the two years since then, yeah. um, you know, coming back from, from two major injuries that one year. And then last year, <laughs> they pretty much gave all of those routes and everything to uh, Everett. So we don't know if it, you know, what, we're, what they're looking at with him. Um, I, th- I think they see potential for him to get back to uh, that, uh, you know, explosive ability in the passing game. And they knew they needed him as an inline blocker. And at, you know, 6'4", 265 pounds, he's perfect for that. And he does a he great is. job inline he blocking. Is. And he knows he's, the offense. And he's one of the best in the, in the entire NFL <laughs> as a blocker at tight end. And that's yeah. half the job. People look at the receiving stats and, oh, he didn't have the rece- That's only, Receiving is only half the job if you're a tight end. Yeah. Blocking no, is so, the other half. So he's been averaging like 25 car- uh, receptions, 275 yards, and, and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. every year basically and so that may be who he is but i think this year offers a unique opportunity to maybe increase that a little bit along with noah fant who we'll talk about in half a second because you know as, as noah fant said in his press conference this this offense is really friendly for tight ends it is. and um we just didn't see that uh actually translate to on the field production last year um, because we all know that Russell Wilson had some issues. If he had any issues, and he's a great quarterback, you're not going to hear me, you know, tear him down or anything. But he did have issues getting the ball to tight ends, and, and uh, it started with Jimmy Graham, and it, it just continued. You know, not utilizing that uh, in mm-hmm. the middle of the field as much as he probably could in lieu of trying to get the ball into more explosive plays and so forth. So yeah, I mean, Wilson just didn't didn't do much over the middle and that's where typically where your tight ends live is in the middle um and so that i mean that's just that's just part of russell wilson's game is that he throws to the outside extremely well but he does have some weaknesses in the middle of the field and so uh it hurt the tight end production um you know they're not going to have that issue hopefully this year and they'll be able to use more of the field and and guys like disley and fant will get their opportunities um, I do think that Disley is a, you know, 45 catch. I agree. Guy. And we've talked um, about that before. That's, that's, it's, it, I'm not expecting him to go out there and get, you know, 60 to 70 catches and 800 yards. Like, I just don't think that that's a realistic expectation for him, given that he stays into block so much more than yeah. the guys that ha- hold, have hold those kind of stats. His stats are really interesting if you extrapolate. 
Yeah, because he's got he, in four seasons he's got 76 receptions for 900 yards and 11.8 average and nine touchdowns including 42 first downs move chain mover right mm-hmm. you go and let's talk about Noah Fant now so to keep that in mind this Noah Fant came to us in that Russell Wilson trade from Denver I thought the best piece that we got uh, with the highest upside I think this guy's a real player a good guy to uh, compliment um Lockett and Metcalf. And I think that he could even surpass one of those two in receptions this year. I don't know about yards and all that kind of stuff and touchdowns, but he's well, we'll, (laughs) and the reason I say that is because of the quarterback play. I think, I think we're going to see a lot of dink and dunk Uh, check downs, all that kind of stuff. I mean, Noah fan already was averaging 67 receptions a year. Um, and and I, he could end up having a career year here. You know, seventy five, eighty receptions, and take some of those balls from DK Metcalf away. Um, but anyway, twentieth pick overall in two thousand nineteen. Runs a four five forty at that uh, size, forty inch vertical teeth, uh, six point eight one three cone, which is a lead at that size. In three seasons, he's got one hundred seventy receptions, nineteen hundred five yards, eleven point two average, ten touchdowns. Um, and they picked up his fifth year option, which comes in at $6.85 million, which begins in 2023. Noah Fam Keith. Yeah. Um, he, as far as a receiver is far more productive than Will Disley always and has been. I know that the averages about are about the same, um, per yards per catch, but, uh, clearly more dynamic in his ability to get open. Um, he, demands more with, catches, more throws going his with way. With poor so. quarterback play, I might add. Yeah. Well, Disley also had Wilson the whole time, and and Fant had a whole bunch of not good quarterbacks, including a Mr. Drew Locke um, throwing him passes. So, um, yeah, it is, it is interesting. I think that Fant is poised to feast this year. Um, I don't know if he surpasses Lockett or Metcalf. Well, that was a pretty big um, statement, and I, I just I, threw that out there. Feast. but. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, there are certain tight ends in this league that are one or, or the first or second pass catchers in their on their teams. And I, mm-hmm. you know, and you parse the words that Pete Carroll's talked about with the point guard situation, and I just know the fact that they're going to try to pare this thing down a little bit and kind of operate within the scheme and within the system and just kind of methodically march down the field instead of taking these big chunks and the reason that they're not going to take those big chunks like that we used to is that a guy like drew Locke completes 20% of his passes over 20 yards or 25 yards. And uh, Russell Wilson was completing over 40%, 50% of his passes over 25 yards. So that leads to more interceptions, more chances. Pete's kind of adverse to that as you guys know. And so I think that comes in. I think we, we play within this 20 yard, 25 yard box, Keith. And I think that guys like Noah Fant and maybe even DK Metcalf, if they change his route tree a little bit, are are big beneficiaries in that. I still think that you can take advantage of Metcalf's speed and not just run him deep on every play and bring him on drag routes and crossing routes. I do, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. and, And things where you can get him to use his speed across the field where he can still run away from people. And if they do that, um, they can get him open. They can get him a lot of catches. Yeah, I think I think what 
and this is just me, but what I'm seeing this offense do this year is march down the field in these little 10, you know, five to, to 10 yard chunks. And then in the red zone, it, it kind of, they, they kind of allow uh, like a guy like Colby Parkinson, who we'll talk to in a second and Noah Fant, who has that 40 inch vertical at six, four um, and DK Metcalf and Freddie Swain showed some ability to go down and, and, and jump Paul this thing and create mm-hmm. some scoring opportunities that way. Um, but before they get to the red zone, I see this offense as being pretty conservative and it's probably going to drive a lot of people nuts, but that's just the way it is because they don't want to see a guy, a guy like Drew Luck turn the ball over, which yeah. he's shown, shown propensity to do. He's kind of a 50, 50 guy. 50% of his balls are going to be touchdowns. 50% are going to be interceptions. You know, so yeah. he's going to have 20, 20, 25 touchdowns, but he might have 20 interceptions on the year, which is going to be, it's going to drive everyone crazy because we've just yeah. not had to deal with that. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, Colby Parkinson, and I think that is a guy that that is worth diving into a little bit because he has been on this team for two years and has done essentially nothing, nothing. Uh, in two years. But he remains incredibly in, intriguing. He's only 23. Um, he's also six foot seven, runs well, receive, catches the ball well, gets separation reasonably well, um, does kind of have that gazelle like, um, you know, with the, his legs are just doing what they're going to do. Um, but it's effective because he's just really tall and really long legs and guys so I've got legs that long shouldn't run the way he does, but they do. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's really interesting. So you want to know something that's blow your mind. I, I kid you it. not blow your mind. Kobe Parkinson was on the field. 25% of all the offensive snaps in 2021, his career, seven receptions, 49 yards, zero touchdowns. So what the heck was going on? So he's on the field. In fact, the last three games of the year, he averaged like 27, 30, 30 some odd snaps per per game in those games and just wasn't looked at at all. Wasn't targeted. Um, I guess Russell Wilson just did not feel comfortable throwing the ball to Parkinson at all. Yeah. I mean, Wilson is a guy that he got the ball to, you know, Lockett, Metcalf and Everett. And not much else. I mean, Freddie Swain, I guess, too. But really, all the receptions were those four guys. Um, and yeah. and Disley had twenty five. I mean, year. we'll see, all year. We'll see. We'll see what happens this year. I mean, Parkinson remains uh, an intriguing guy. He is so tall, and he's got good hands. And we know that. Um, the team wants to use him, and Pete Carroll was super excited at this point last. Uh, summer and then of course Parkinson got banged up a little bit in training camp and they just never really figured out how to use him Um, we'll see what happens this year I think that there's he's still very interesting I'd love to see a role for him talk about a red red zone target guy I mean he's just Mm -hmm. ready made for that role and I'd I'd love to see it Um, Tyler Mabry and Cade Brewer round out this this group Tyler Mabry's hanging around uh, for I think two or three Two and a half years. He's yep. in theory a two-year pro, uh, just because he's been on the practice squad. Six three, two forty-seven out of Maryland, age twenty-five. They just brought a guy in this offseason after the draft as an undrafted uh, rookie free agent, Cade Brewer, six two, two thirty-eight, age twenty-two rookie. 
I think Cade Brewer, they don't even have his picture on the website. I think Cade Brewer is probably one of those guys that gets cut when they need to make some uh, some cuts to make room for somebody else. Yeah, Cade Brewer um, looks like a, what we'd call a camp body. It's basically you've got like Will Disney, Will Disley has got a sore knee or something, and, and mm-hmm. but you need someone to take his spot and get through all the reps to get through a practice. Well, that's what Cade Brewer is for. Um, and maybe he's not. Maybe the team does like him and he has a chance to stick around, but that's just what he feels like at this point. And we'll yeah, know well, more. at six, we'll, at six two two thirty eight, he ran a uh, four seven two forty. Yeah. So, I mean, we won't know more about him until uh, training camp when, when, practices are out there and we can actually get out and get a look at him but right now he does very much look like camp body um material so there's that and tyler mabry's been around with this team the team actually likes him like this isn't just a you know he's he's more than a camp body the team likes what he brings his toughness his ability to block um, I mean, mm-hmm. he's no Will Disley as a blocker, but he's kind of a meanness and a uh, an attitude in the way that he blocks. The team likes that. That, that like they like that he'll get downfield and be blocking people ten guys to, or ten yards downfield. And he has some upside as a as a receiver as well. So he's kind of been that developmental project that they've had, and this is kind of the year he needs to show that he belongs on the roster. And if he doesn't, it might be the end of his time in Seattle. Hard to break through with the three guys at the top. Um, what do you think? So what do you think of the running back room? What do you think of the tight ends? I got to tell you, I like the running back room a lot more um, with Walker on it. Before before they drafted Walker, the running back room scared me. Like that was one of the major weak links in this mm-hmm. um, roster. And um, Walker just really makes that feel better. Um, and that's why we knew. We just knew going into the yeah. draft that they were going to draft the running back. We just didn't know when. Yep. And I should point out that um, one of us predicted that it was going to be Walker in the week leading up before the draft. So, and it wasn't that. me. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, sorry, I could, couldn't. Yeah, that's it. funny. Well, you also, who else did you pick? Um, um, there's. I think you picked like Mafe and and maybe Abe Lucas too. Boy, Mafe and Abe Lucas. I actually got yeah. three. Uh, on that draft um yeah which i feel good about but at the same time like you know you throw enough darts at a board eventually one of them's going to hit something so <laughs> let's not let's Bingo. not pretend let's not pretend that i deserve more credit than than uh anyone no else. we don't have to pretend there's no credit dude because that yeah. would be um that would be dishonest <laughs> so, um no i actually I, I like the running back room i think that and uh, the tight end is position is probably you know one of the deepest positions on the team because um yeah. you've got three two guys that are worth being on the field almost every down you've got a couple of guys that are really interesting in Mabry and, and Parkinson um that add depth and what do you I, expect what do you expect to see in like 11 and 12 personnel this year um I think you're gonna see a lot of Will Disley lined up um up against the right tackle whichever it is and you're gonna see Fant right next to Disley um and on both on the same side and and you might see Fant stay in and, and Disley uh, get out of the route or the other way around I think you're going to see a lot of both of those guys on the field at the same time uh because it 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 makes it hard uh on the safeties and linebackers to keep track of all their responsibilities 
And it also puts an extra couple of athletic bodies in there um, out in front of your running back if you're going to run out of that. So I, I, I expect them to run a lot of um, two tight end sets. Fun. Awesome. So next week we're going to do uh, our next show. I think we're going to record it again this week. Uh, wide receivers. Wide receiver wide room. Receivers. Is and that the last a, one? That's the last one. Well, that is the last one. Should we do um, punter and kicker and long snapper? Or, sure. Or Let's add that just, to the tail end of, of the next show. Or do we just say, yep, it's the same three as last year? Yeah, uh, there, it is. there it is. All right, so now we're done with that. Okay, so we have wide receivers <laughs> next. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, I like just, the wide receiver uh, room. Like, there's a lot of diverse, fun players um, to look at and, and talk about. Um, yep. Because I think the, the, the four, five, six um, guys... In, in the wide receiver room are very interesting. We know what's going to be at the top. Um, mm-hmm. We can talk about D. Eskridge a little bit as far and Freddie Swain as far as who's going to be in that third role, the slot role, all that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, depth-wise, the, the room looks pretty interesting. Um, anything else before we get out of here? No, let's get out of here. It's been a long show. All right. Find Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. You can find me at NWCHawk. Find the show on your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and share it if you like it. So until next time, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Phil is at NWCHawk. Keith is at MyersNFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.